Rolling into what, Mac? What episode are we doing? Uh, I never know. <laughs> we did. You you did know in I this know episode. This time, yeah. Um, episode thirty three. We had uh, some new friends on Matt mm-hmm. Marks and Danny Camp, music makers, producers, all around cool people. Really, it, yeah. I mean, it, we had no shortage of things to talk about, and we ended up actually like being like, we should probably stop because we're just gonna keep going. So yeah, I got to the point where like we had to stop because we were that hungry. <laughs> like like they needed to eat something because we eat. just kept going. Yeah, yeah. So. Here you'll find part one of a however many part series. Yeah, we'll see. How, and, we'll um, see how many it ends up being. Yeah, right? yeah. and yeah, it was it was just such a cool, free flowing conversation from two people that we definitely have not talked about this type of stuff with for a long time. Like we got we got Joe, which ended up being a great conversation, and then this just even on top of that, like these guys are so knowledgeable. So it was just yeah, like, right. It was just a whole like perspective change switch to like just your normal day-to-day thinking so yeah. which was i think the coolest part of it it was great yeah i got a lot out of it and it, i think the cool thing too was like having listened to the album it's almost like i think it's the way a lot of people feel like when they listen to a lot of podcasts and finally meet that person or listen to their music and finally meet that person it's like we didn't have to do the introductory stuff as much because sure. it was just felt like you you knew them a little bit yeah like there's like especially um like the lyrics and the album are so honest, so yeah. it's like we didn't really have to like get to know them. It's a good point. So if you are invested and you're interested, pause now. Yeah. Before you're about to hear at least the start of the conversation, I will say you will hear three of the songs throughout. But pause here, listen to Matt Marks's album "Weapons of Mass Construction." Yep. If you if you know or at least thirty seconds of each one, and if you understand some of the lyrics ahead of time the conversation might even be might, might even be even better. cooler yeah and so, it's a quick listen too it's only like a half hour so yeah take nine, the time nine guys. songs take the time yeah yeah so uh without further ado unless you have anything else to say nope that's we'll it. let our few past selves get right into it cut to the past now now <laughs> Me, three other producers, and Matt, and then this is like he was saying his first time in like a real like studio. High as a cut. High as a cut. None of us knew either because he's just no. compo- totally yeah. handling. You're tripping off acid that bad, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he seems normal." Well, let me tell you something. It was, there was nothing <laughs> bad about it. It was it was might have been overwhelming at times, but it was a great experience. The only thing that was difficult was actually holding the pen to write the verse at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome to episode 33 of Q&A. Special guest today, and uh, our, our old pal Joe, our previous guest, is going to introduce him for us. Yeah, it's my pleasure to introduce my good friend and homie from uh, you know many years, um, Matthew Marks, who is a uh, great rapper in the game, and of course his amazing producer and my good friend Danny Camp. Uh, they're here to talk about their, their new album that just released recently called Weapons of Mass Construction. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really, yeah, thank you for having us. And Joe, thank you for the lovely introduction. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe will that be drafting 
Yeah, fantasy draft the whole yeah. time. He's on as Kevin Costner. Right? Yeah. We'll try to <laughs> we'll try to keep you updated. Depends we should on, post his roster. On where he ends up yeah. with you the just episode. Hear Joe screaming that in the back. One hundred percent. People should see how Joe. People fared should see his draft. roster for sure. Yeah, they deserve yeah. to know. Yeah, like see the worst team. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, well need they won't know until down the line. It might be one of those rosters that start out strong and then you get an injury or it falls yeah. apart down the line. Are you second round now? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's left? <laughs> Name them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, Joe ranted and raved about you guys in a very positive way, like, and that we were like, all right, yeah, he, he wouldn't we, shut, wouldn't up. shut <laughs> the fuck up about it. No, no, but um, no, it was a good opportunity to get you guys on, and um, both listened to the album and loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. I mean, how like how do you guys know each other? Maybe we can start so, there. So this is a great story, actually. So I was a I was a student at Drexel University, go Dragons, and uh, I didn't go out much, like if ever, because I'm super content just like sitting in, like watching a dope movie, like catching a fade, you know, hanging mm-hmm. out with just some of the homies. But I came out of my shell a little bit and went to like a house party because some of the homies were like, yo, come through. Actually, the person who invited me, I met, he was also a producer. I met him because he was crashing on the bottom floor of the apartment that I moved into to Drexel. I thought he was one of my roommates. I was like, yo, like, are But he you didn't Andrew? live there. He didn't live there. <laughs> just bumming so, it on the couch. Yeah, just bumming it on the couch. So I ended up, like, freestyling over a couple of his beats, and we became boys. So this is who invited me to this house party. So I go to the house party this one night, and I walk up into this one room, and there's a bunch of folks in there. The vibes are great, and everybody's just kind of vibing out to music. And Danny's in there, and we just start to get to talking, and it was just like no small talk. Like just immediately, it was like business. we were talking about not yeah. even business, like the future of music and like the existential. <laughs> yeah, we got deep between, really fast. It, it yeah, went yeah. so deep so fast, but it was like we were talking about you know the the 2020s upcoming and like what we loved about music and what made it resonate with us and how we both had this connection to music of all different times and how there's this nature of timelessness in art that is the work is put into the craft is put into and the care that you know you're not trying to feed into a trend because it's like even if you look at how music has changed over the course of the past several years like if you want to mark the trends and what people are plugging into like you have flows you have production styles you have certain things that people are doing that it's like if you want to plug in and catch that wave that's all well and good and there are a lot of artists that catch that for a season for a year or two and they fall off so one of the things that I really love is like I can go to an album from 1972 and it sounds just as good as the day that it was laid down in the studio. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that. So I was like the staying power of music and, and putting that love and, and that, that care into it, it immediately permeated through both how, how both of us were, were talking about it. And so that just started an immediate spark. Um, and I believe I ended up freestyling over over some instrumentation a little bit later after that, and uh, you know, and it was a beautiful a beautiful first first meet. But it was just instantly I knew I was like, this is somebody who sees this thing that is very abstract and it's a complete wide open landscape in a very similar lens that I see it, and like that's something that I want to explore with this person because it is something that's sacred to me. Like music has saved my life in so many ways beyond you know what the catharsis of making it for myself you know that what other people have what their music has done for me so to share in that it is it's it's you know it's you treat it with the grandeur of of a religion because it can be that if Mm -hmm. you let it you know and uh so to, to share in that and to immediately get that sense it was just like very much i i knew that i had to continue to seek to be 
in in his graces and and continue to learn from him and and explore that together and uh so yeah that's how we met yeah and wow ironically from my perspective too because like the only reason i was at this same place is because a friend of mine from high school who was going to drexel knew this group of people and this group of producers he was like dating one of the friends of the people who lived there and stuff so my friend from high school who i didn't talk to for years reconvened with me and was like hey i've been hang-. he's like i know you live near drexel now like come hang with us one time so yeah. i met this group of producers and this is when i first moved out to philly i was like 19 or 20 and um i went and just kind of like started it started my own studio very hands-on never went to college for it so i met them and got a lot of that like uh I basically got the Drexel education for free. I was hanging out, learning cool. a lot from them. It's expensive otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> That's good news. Yeah. And I also had a, a space where we could all hang out and we could all like, I had a pretty big studio at my apartment at the time. So we would, they would all hang out there and stuff going back and forth. So it's funny because one thing me and Matt talk a lot about is synchronicity. So a lot of people say like coincidence, you know, it's, oh, it's just crack it up. It's coincidence. It is what it is. That's weird. Yeah. But I don't honestly believe in the concept of coincidence i think that there's a lot of things and that's what synchronicity means it basically means there's a greater purpose behind that mm-hmm. and i think like you ever meet someone before and it's this feeling of like haven't i met you like that old you feel like sure. yo, i feel like i've known you for 10 yeah. years and you right when you shake their hand it was definitely like that so yeah we had that conversation about music um it was like 2018 like mid-year at that point and i was talking about like in the 2020 era it's going to be recycling trends from the early 2000s we're going to hear a lot more punk we're going to hear a lot more house music and all this mm. and it's funny because now it's 2021 three years later everything i said you know you see mgk it's doing pop punk you That's see exactly all this house thinking. music yeah right and so it's funny that a lot of the things we said on that very conversation carry through to now and carry into the our creative process because like he was yeah. saying it's one thing to like sure i could learn how to master trap beats and do that but that sound is on the way out and it's like I'd rather be on the momentum of an upswing of something new and curate that from the ground up rather than just try to like capitalize off of what's already there because it's hot and it's in now. So gotcha. a lot of like looking forward into the music industry. But yeah, just the, the synchronicity, the randomness that both of us were yeah. there because of like a mutual friend of a friend. It's definitely yeah. a pretty mind blowing. Yeah, that's that's wild. So that that wavelength that you guys caught in conversation the first time you guys made music together, was it as easy as that first conversation or were there some stuff that you kind of like had to get used to about each other? So I strapped a weight vest onto my back for the first session because I decided <laughs> it'd be a good idea to roll up high as God's eyebrows to this session. <laughs> I ate an unholy amount of uh, LSD and rolled up to this session. What? Yeah. It wasn't even weed? No, it wasn't even weed. <laughs> you, you, well, you that's, like, that's, that's this is I'm normal saying. for him. This man, is so. normal. This is par for right. the course. So, uh, I mean, because like I said, I treat this as sacred. So I was like, this is probably going to be the first opportunity. Well, not probably. It was the first opportunity that I got to like be in a studio environment with people who were you know, respected musicians. I respected their craft and, and they were opening the floor to a collaborative space. And for context, sorry to interrupt. It's this, this first session was after this initial party. Mm-hmm. I looked at the other kid on the other producer who he knew. And I was like, yo, that kid is something special. Like I heard him freestyling over the beat they were making in this room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we need to have a session at my house. Cause like they're, they had like a tight dorm room style cramped space. I was like, let's go back sometime this week or whatever. And yeah. we had a session and curated that with like me three other producers and Matt and this is like he was saying his first time in like a real like studio <laughs> high as a Holy kite high yeah. as a kite and none of us knew either because he's just nah. comp- totally yeah. handling you're himself. tripping off acid that bad and everyone's like yeah he seems normal well let me tell you something it was, there was nothing <laughs> bad about it it was it was might have been overwhelming at times but it was a great experience the only thing that was difficult was actually holding the pen to write the verse at some point yeah um <laughs> But so that's the story. I mean, you know, that was just that was just the vibe of the day. But it was really, really cool because we built it from the ground up. The the beat 
and everybody was stepping in and doing their thing. And while that was happening, I was kind of off on this one chair, like with my pen and pad out, just like, go. I, you get this sense as a writer sometimes where you're like, all right, this session's going somewhere. And sometimes it's like, all right, like we're, we might knock down a couple walls, but like the house isn't getting built this session. Yeah. And like the pen just started going and I was just like, I got really excited about where it was going. And, uh, that's the best feeling because it's like, then you lose all sense of time. And like, right. especially in that collaborative environment, it was like, everybody kind of got into that flow space like relatively quickly. And because everybody had their hands in something, it was like, by the time I was ready to like step up to the mic for the first time, there was like this, this tension that had broken, but also kind of acquiesced around the moment that mm -hmm. became like just this gravity of it. And it was really, really cool because the support and the love in the room was such that like, I mean, I have an incredibly high standard for myself and I came up like how I, polished my craft initially was just like freestyling over beats in the car with friends at parties you know and and writing heavily and you know recording very rudimentary you know rudimentary stuff on like you know a blue snowball in a dorm room here or there or you know a voice memo but like this is my first i so so the the level the expectation that i had for myself of executing when i stepped up to that mic was you know was very high and yeah. just the amount of support that was in the room um, it was just so loving and embracing and, and it gave me the opportunity to, you know, find and dig deep and, and, and get to where I wanted to in that session. And what's really cool about that is this is the first time that I ever got to the mic in, uh, any sort of professional setting and, and with anything dialed into that level. And this track that came from this session ended up being the final track on my first project. Mm -hmm. And so for it to come full circle after everything from that, for this to be this moment of like this, really this inception point of me taking this a level of serious that I had never taken it before. And to feel so free in that moment to, you know, to have created and, and, and pulled that vibration out of that moment and shared in that. Um, it, it was really, really powerful to come back at the end of my first process of, of, getting a project to completion and be like, Oh, of course, like this is yeah, the crown. This jewel. is how it ended. Yeah. And right. so, and it was kind of funny to me because, uh, the track is called beside you off the cosmic joke, by the way, if anybody wants to check that one out, <laughs> it's a great track and it's a lot of love in that one. And it's what was cool about it was the reception of the energy of that track was such that it, it reminded me that that's the, the vibe I wanted to move towards sonically and just the positivity and the love and the freedom of how that session was it was like you deserve to explore what that's like in a, in a longer standing because mm -hmm. the the rest of that project that first project i was living out in la at the time working in the industry uh, as as an as an a2 on a tv studio set and so in the evenings i would go over to my friend's place and they had a home studio and you know, I would get some time and occasionally I had something polished enough that I was like, I want to get up and I want to record this. And we kind of, you know, it was, I, I had much less opportunity to luxuriate in the album creation process. And it was much more just like have the song ready, like, you know, yeah. be, you know, cause everybody is the yeah. end of a long day. Too much and, you business. Know, and so, yeah. so what was really cool was coming back to Philadelphia, um, kind of getting my bearings and, realizing that I really wanted to explore what what this feeling was in a, in a longer standing and continue to build on this rapport and this bond that Danny and I had and, and, and what we were able to 
create and what we were able to bring out of the other people that were in the session too. And that was really one of the magical things about it too was like there was uh, there's an anecdote that uh, that I recently stumbled upon that was basically like the best leadership comes from behind. And it's like the wolf pack mentality of like, if you know you're the alpha and you know you're leading the group from the best, nobody needs to see you in the front because they know you're the alpha. And there was something about just like how, how both of us operated that I saw there was, a kin, there was a kindred spirit in that where it was like, there's not a domineering, you know, there's, there's a, a focus and definitely a vision that needs to be executed. And that's why we work, you know, to polish the craft to the way that it is. But there's also uh, a, a freedom in it. We're, we're not married to where this thing goes beyond just what feels right. And the other thing too that's interesting about creating anything is the rules that you set set upon what you're creating are they're more often they're non-existent parameters in the grand scheme of things because you can break the rules. They're more so things that you like, you yeah. know? So it's like when you stumble upon a space where it's like completely abstract and you happen to like some of the same rules as another person and as a matter of fact some of those rules are like let's throw everything out the window except for we were actually just talking about in the car how just like setting a basic parameter of like give me a bpm or give me like a word give me one and just just so we could be on the same because the way that we create too and actually interestingly how this project came about we made a made a very much a point that when we started a studio session we would break bread and catch up on life and really chill for, you know, an indiscriminate amount of time until it really felt like we were just on the same page. Like, mm-hmm. I knew what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in my life. You know how I'm feeling. I know how you're feeling. Before we get to this thing, right. you know, let's clear the air so that we can get on that same page, you know, and be there together. And so the magic of that was just like the closeness from which we were creating. It, it removed a resistance that like it didn't like time would just be, it began to go out the window yeah. and it, not in a way that, you know, it wasn't being used productively because oftentimes I'd be driving home at the end of that night with a bounce of a demo that we had worked on that I was incredibly proud of what had come out of that session, you know, and it was really, really incredibly rewarding to come back to, to Philadelphia and to have that, have that ability to, to connect and plug in with somebody um, and, and, you know, like with anything, you don't, you seldom know that you're creating it at the beginning when you're creating it. It's just a process of creation. So as we began the process of this album, it was just a series of sessions and getting reconnected with Danny and, you know, becoming a part of each other's lives again now that I was in the area. And, you know, it just snowballed in all of the best ways as we started to gain momentum and really further that rapport. And there was one, there was one session in particular where Danny said to me, he was speaking particularly about his job as an engineer and he said you know our job is to build the track while you're sprinting and you don't have to think about that the track's going to be there you just have to go mm. and so like when it's he laid when he laid that when he laid that down for me I, it, it just, just like clicked yeah i mean the the because <clears throat> the i'm a very visual learner so like to give me this notion of a trust that like i can go as hard as i want to go and you're going to make sure that next step's there for me. Yeah. Or you're going to try your hardest and you're going to be there to give me that arm if I need that pull up. Like that's the that's the kind of like equality that is required in a true collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like that's when you enable people to fall into their forte and really find the lane of like we're not stepping on toes because I know where your pocket is, you know where my pocket yeah, you're, is. You're bringing out the best in each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, right. So when we started to get to that place, it was just like you know, it became even it became even easier to prioritize and 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 
build my life around making sure that Danny and I could connect at least once a week. Yeah. You know, even through pandemic, when things got difficult, it was like, no, this is somebody that I want in my circle of people that I'm going to continue to see because this is something that means so incredibly much to me. Um, and, uh, and also throughout this whole process, I began on a, on a fitness journey and on a wellness journey that kind of corresponded with, um, the art that I was making. Shit is so inspiring and, to watch for the sidelines. And <laughs> so, I mean, when I first, like I was at my heaviest weight that I'd ever been when I first started recording this album with Danny, like if I look objectively at those sessions, like, and legitimately like there are behind the scenes videos that we took at some of those sessions that I'm just like, I didn't want to share because yeah, like, like you know, and I'm just like, yeah. shit, man. Like, and but the thing of it was, is like the energy never changed the whole time. It was all support. It was all love. Mm-hmm. And, and it was never, it was always non, non-judgmental. And it was out the, everything was out of a, a desire to want like, and cause it came from self-love. The desire to change myself came out of self-love and to see that reflected in other people that were inspired by me wanting that for myself it brought even more out of me. Yeah. So to go into this space and be doing this thing that I love so much, that's so beautiful and have this be like almost a, a marker for this progression that I was on in other ways, because the interesting thing too, as I began on this journey was I was working heavily on my cardio and what does cardio happen to correspond really well with breath control. And as you're working to write and, and innovate and really craft um, high level hip hop and stuff that stuff that, you know, gets me jumping, like even looking at it on the page, because that's the thing for me. I've always been a lyrics guy. All my favorite MCs, I will print out their lyrics and I do not need to hear the music to appreciate what they put down on the page. Hmm. And so for me, I'm like, there are some there are some lyrics that I didn't even write to music because the words had to resonate with me on a level that I want to get up on the yeah. mic and rap them. Right. So like to be in this space where everything kind of acquiesced around this mission and this path that I was on and have Danny in the room who not only were all on the same page in life, but were breaking new ground and, and really punching through the ceiling of what, what our collective sounds were, you know, and really building a a completely new landscape for what, what it could sound like, what we could sound like and, and what this project would become it was so magical, man. And, and like through, through really rough weeks of this pandemic, like pulling up some of these demos and just reminding myself that there was something that we were working on that I believed was much greater than the sum of, you know, the worst days of this thing. Yeah. Um, it was really empowering. Well, it I, really comes across like just listening to it. Cause I, I was talking to Mac about this earlier, just like about kind of the stuff that we wanted to get out of you guys. I mean, it seemed like there was, I don't know, like, like a, not a mission behind it, but kind of like, it seemed like you guys were trying to accomplish something with the album or like a, a level that you wanted to reach people at. So, I mean, sure, like, yeah. was there anything specific that you were trying to get out of the listeners when you were so, making it? That's the thing is it's like what we were talking with a lot of what he was talking about and like kind of what he was alluding to of me putting like the energy of the session before anything and like breaking bread and talking to people. I always say like 95% of a recording session is psychology, not mm-hmm. actually what you do on the computer and the buttons you press. And I think why I've thrived in Philly as a producer and an engineer is because 90% of the people in the industry, it's like press go, press record. Yeah, sounds good, bro. Yes, man type people who don't actually have any creative feedback and they don't care. They just want to get that hourly like pay yeah. or whatever. So right. I'm on the type of thing. It's like if I'm 
spending the time doing the session, first of all, it's probably going to be someone I, I'm choosing to align myself with because I agree and have faith in them and their sound. And it's like you have to, you know, really, really immerse yourself in the psychology and, and understand where they are at in a space to create the thing is because I struggled when I first got into it. I'm like, well, what do you want to hear? Like, oh, well, I don't know how to do that. Or like, I, it's, how do you put these con like these very high level complex things into words? It almost yeah. does it an injustice. So when you, tra you have to realize like, all right, it's not in the words really. It's about like an energy thing and you have to feel the person out, which can happen through conversation and words, but it's an indirect thing. So it's like once you can, and I'm an empath, like I really feel and connect with people on that level and I'm very affected by other people's energy. So I think that's what makes me uh, thrive as a producer, being able to like sniff that out. But going back to your initial question, I think that's a big part of it is just creating for the sake of like, like he was saying of just wanting to do this for us. And this is him, you know, he's on his fitness journey, like losing hundreds of pounds, like, you know, an incredible thing. And he's talking about, you know, whether it's life, whether it's love, whether it's anything that pops up in those moments, they're just songs that are experiential. And that's a, a lot of the time. I know a lot of artists prefer to like cater. And when, when it comes to marketing, sometimes you have to think about how it will be received. But I think, uh, at least speaking from how I perceived it, it was a lot of him putting his soul onto the paper yeah. and, and allowing other people the room to resonate with it in, in whatever way they felt apt. Because this is a thing we talk about a lot in music too, is ambiguity. Is like a lot of people now, music, the soundscapes are very concrete and it's these mm -hmm. anecdotes in this story and I was doing this this weekend at this party and it's like, these are more high level, spiritual, big picture, wide brush strokes. So it's like, that's where I think the real beauty of it is that he's talking about his experiences on a meta level and from a feeling type of perspective. And because it's not so specific, I think it actually gives people a wider range to connect with in, in that standpoint. So that's me, my perspective of it. And, uh, you know, mm. I don't know. Yeah. So my my big thing, when I go back, I finally figured out that you can sort your notes. Little little note to everybody. <laughs> you can sort your Apple notes by when they were created. So if you write things that you're constantly adding to, like me, and you want to know when you started something, you can change how it's sorted. So the reason this is important is because I wanted to know when this album kind of came to be. When the first time I put pen to paper and was like, weapons of mass construction. And I'd come back from a trip to Greece with one of my best friends, and I'd had... A really transformative experience with DMT where I, I had received a message essentially from the entities <laughs> in the space that told me that there is a there is a harmony that there's a universal harmony that is it is it is harmony it was it was yeah. that representation and and all the eyes that were there I was seeking out to to harmonize with it in this moment and there was a point that I did, and there was like a thunderclap of approval from the, this realm that I was inhabiting. And when I came back, I like zoomed through my past lives, and I like saw myself as like a caveman around a fire, like telling stories to the village. And it just became clear to me, it was like, you have always been a storyteller, and through your stories, you bring to the people what you can see that not necessarily everybody else can see. Yeah, conduit. And, yeah. Exactly. And so this, the reason that this is important is because it affirmed my purpose creatively in a way that I had been only grasping at because I knew that I wanted to speak to the me's of, of childhood, to the kids who felt isolated, to the kids who felt like they didn't have... Um, s somebody speaking for them in the music and people like Kid Cudi were that for me right. people like you know uh, like Kendrick were that for me for sure and so to, to be that but on a level further like what Danny was alluding to 
you know, taking it that step further of like, I'm not gun toting. I'm not misogynistic. I don't bottle pop. I'm not clubbing, but here's my life. And there are a lot of people that live life this way or try to live life this way. And there's, I believe value in, uh, in the way that I've constructed, you know, how I operate and, and, and what I look for out of these experiences and out of, um, out of life and the people that are in it. And I really, when I sat down to write these songs, you know, it's, a uh, it, it, I don't want to put it on paper if it's not true to me in some, whether it's like, uh, a projected reality of a future or, or, or a present realization about myself or something that I want to put on wax so that I'm holding myself accountable that if this isn't true at this moment, you're going to work so that that line's true. Mm-hmm. And it's strange because there have been it's moments, happened throughout this project there have been moments yeah. in this album where writing mm-hmm. a song, having it out into the universe, creating it, there's been a moment eight months later where the reality of what I saw when I wrote this line, when I wrote this quatrain came to fruition and I got to manifest that in a tangible way and see the power of putting that intention into words and, and curating that on that level. So the, the album concept weapons of mass construction, it's about this notion of there are literally people in this world that have a button that they can press to end all humanity, to destroy it all. And I was like, what does it look like if there's a button that you can push to save it? There's a button to push that you can get the fuel to make the world a better place. And for me, that button has always been music. Mm-hmm. When, I press, when I press play on an album that is one of those albums for me, that is, that is saving my world in that moment because I need, I need to hear whatever it is that I'm seeking in that moment. I need that affirmation. I need the catharsis of the emotions in those songs. And so I wanted to, I wanted to do that for, for myself with this record through writing it. And it was my hope that through doing that and through doing it on a level, because that's the other thing is I'm, I'm a, a student of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if your bars aren't up to my standard, like, I, I mean, to me, you know, Black Thought, Big L, Kendrick, Eminem, some of the greatest lyricists in the history of the game. So, like, like I said, you're reading these guys' lyrics on paper. Like, there's a level of craft that is evident. I don't care if you like hip-hop, you don't like hip-hop. You know, if you just teach poetry yeah, it's, at, it's and poetry at a university level, music, like, yeah, you right. look at you look at it and it's tangible. So, for me, it's like there's also this degree of, like, okay, I want to – I don't want to – sacrifice the truth or the the impact of what I'm saying to be too rapidy rap either. So there's a touch. So I'm very, very hypercritical of to the point that like and you know this is this is true for any artist, but there are thousands of notes that are just attempts at an idea that might never see a mic. Yeah. That were just like me exploring the craft. You know, that's just like because it did what I wrote, it might it might have sounded dope. It might have had some really cool intricate rhyme schemes but what i was saying it was just me rapping to rap right and there's there's a time and a place for that Mm -hmm. but when i'm when when i'm sharing the space with a collaborator and i'm putting something out into the world and i know that some like you when you put out music or when you do anything when you make art you're you're that's that's a platform for your voice right so if somebody's going to say regardless you know if you're matt marks or if you're you know lil whoever you know when somebody presses play on your music, they're giving you that chance. So what are you saying to those people? What are you saying to those people? Because there are a lot of people that have the moxie to go up to you and say, yo, I got a project out. 
press play. Let me know what you think. But what are you saying on that project? What are you really asking people to listen to? Right? So that's for me. I'm like, word, I was born Matthew Marks. My stage name is Matt Marks. My friends know me as Matt Marks. Like, I am what I'm speaking to. Like, I don't want to hide behind a stage name. I don't want to masquerade as something different because to me, there's a power in living the grandeur of the words that I'm speaking and wanting to be more than just like, okay with, you know, just, just speaking to, you know, the mundane nature of, we're we're not, we're not just scratching the surface. Like I, I am, I'm not a surface level dude. Everything for me is I'm down the rabbit hole. And so for me, yeah, that, that's what this as as abstract and, and, you know, uh, high, high level of a concept as that was like sonically, I was really coming from this, from a space of like, I want this to sound like something that is a brighter future or speaking to a reality that we can build a brighter future from because we all come from a past that we're learning from, right? And so we can't ignore that because it puts us where we are today. But we can take the lessons from that and implement that in the current moment so we can be our best selves and take that next step in the right direction. And that comes with a level of honesty in self that for me, that reflection comes it, it's, there's, it's, I'm, I don't know who to attribute the quote to, but there's a quote that says something to the effect of, it is the plight of the artist to want to take pain and turn it into flowers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think about that often because I, you know, we all hurt. There are all things that happen to us that cause us pain and that make us, you know, feel, and it's important to feel those things. It's absolutely important to feel those things and, and repressing those emotions, like, it does damage to us and eventually that bubbles up and it comes out. So to find an outlet, whatever that is for you, where you can channel that and you can make it something beautiful and then you can then have this circuitry of your pain becoming something beautiful and positive. It's alchemy. It's, it's, hmm. the, it's, the, it's my favorite kind of alchemy. Like it's, it's a, it, you know, and, and when it's at its finest, you, you can, it's palpable. You can feel it in the air. Like when you're in those sessions where you just know that, something magical is happening it's like you know it's more indescribable any trip. Yeah. any trip any substance that you could take because it's literally the <coughs> the vibrational space that everybody in the room is inhabiting it's you're 100 feet above your head yeah you're all on the same wavelength like so the, the session i have in mind when i speak to this directly for for the most recent album um would be not goodbye it was danny myself Teresa lives, a great friend of ours as Dude, well. Dude, she is incredible. incredible right? Her she, voice is incredible. Yeah. She is. Yeah. I've been recording with her for many years. Again, really? just aligning myself with people who it's like, yo, I see you on the radio. Like, Dude, oh my god, yeah. The, when she first came in, because I just had it straight through. I forget right. the first track she shows up on, but board, she, it like board, came board, out yeah. of nowhere, and I was just like, oh my god, like yeah, who the is contrast, this? Contrast, you're like waiting. Yeah, it breaks absolutely. the whole. Yeah, because yeah, you're like you're you have the very kind of deep. Your voice kind of reminds me of um, uh. Aesop Rock a lot. I was thinking that a lot when I was listening to it, but um, yeah, yeah. But uh, and that like that contrast of your kind of like lower voice and then yeah. she came in, it was yeah. just like water kind of pouring. Like it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. For sure. She was yeah, a great yeah. addition. And yeah. then I can't forget 
Uh, Don Moore was also in the session. Uh, our, our in-house guitarist. Our in-house prodigy. guitarist. This kid yeah. is insane on the Don guitar. Don Solo, oh, the Shredmaster. Yeah, yeah he, he, he blessed like four of our tracks because I, I did some of the basic guitar work, but by no means am I a guitarist. So gotcha. he, we call him Don Solo. He's being you, modest. You, you need a lot of great guitar work <laughs> yeah. on the album. Dude, it, it yeah. stood out too. That stood out too. I remember yeah. the, the moments of just whatever little flourishes he would add. I was yeah, just like, holy yeah. crap, Like who's yeah. doing that? I was like, that's not a sample. Yeah, for, that's not, for sure. And it was really cool because like, it was one of those things where the similarly the beside you session like everybody was doing their thing at the same time but like we were all on the exact same wavelength with regards to like the direction of exactly was everything was directionally moving towards towards a beautiful uh coalescing of of energy yeah. and we're all writing at the same time and and vocalizing what you know our approaches and it was just like a Russian nesting doll yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> of beauty, like for real. Like somebody would have like a revelation with a line or you know a lyric or a melody, and it would just be like, and it would go. You know, we'd see see that spark off in everybody else's heads, and you would hear like the rhymes. Like I remember there was specifically a moment. I'm writing on the couch at the back of the room. Teresa's over here vocalizing her, and we literally were without like we were on the same rhyme scheme. Like we were just like it was the most bizarre and mad, yeah. like it was just like. Wow, you right. know, and, and there's a and there's a if you've ever seen the spirit science videos where the little patchwork guy who explains a bunch of spiritual concepts, the first of these videos speaks about the thought realm, and we have a lot of talks about yep. the thought realm because when we speak to not believing in coincidences, this is a big part of that as well. We are back to the conduit point. Our brains are antennas, no idea original, um, in the sense that everything that exists within the universe we're channeling through our head mm-hmm. and then making thoughts out of everything that exists right so yeah, yeah. nothing is completely organic to our head so in that same sense when we have a thought and you you know when you're a kid oh jinx you owe me a coke brain match whatever it is whatever you called it there is this space that's in between us all that is where all thought is pulled from it's a tangible space that we can't see in the same way that we can see the chair or the microphone but when you're in that space and you have an awareness of it and you can match the vibrations to people it becomes something that is a tool it's an additional browser tab you know it's like you're expanding your capability communicatively and otherwise as a human being when you open yourself up to the possibility that no it's not a coincidence we're both grabbing from the same space right. we're both you know antennas pulling from this frequency zone and we're on the same page with this so we're you know it's, it's so both both the both the pistons are firing yeah. and even to add like real science sorry to interrupt uh, real science to it too because i'm someone who's like i love the spiritual concepts and i also am like i used to be a big like physics nerd and all this stuff so mm. i'd like to have the the other logical side to back it up and when you look at like music especially I'm, I'm super fascinated with like music and religions and ancient tribes and you know like drum beats or whatever it may be like buddhist um like uh, statues and Buddhist temples are tuned to certain frequencies to make them perfectly harmonic, and they're figuring this out now, thousands of years later. And they're like, we couldn't even do this with our science. And dude, that's the nu- that's the nuts thing when they tell you something like, and you ask like like an old tribe about how they did, like how'd you know that? And they're like, oh well, like the trees told us. Yeah. Like, well, it's the, well it's that's that not helpful, but like yeah. intuitive shit. And how so, they think that? Yeah, it's crazy. And so to like align people, you look at this in religion or church or any any type of like funeral. There's always like sound involved, or like mm-hmm. they ring the bell or whatever. All these different things. And it's not for no reason. Like when you hear certain frequency tones, the brain has natural psychological responses yep. to it. So it's like when when you're playing this soundscape that is new and just being curated and actively changing 
people's brains are like trying to it's like an algorithm they're trying to find the balance within that and as a producer like i love studying this shit the interaction against psychology how does psychology relate to music how can you hack someone's like emotional center there's yeah. a reason why bass like low 808s became so popular in nature the only time humans like as animals as cavemen would hear a bass would be like thunder or rumbling or these things that would naturally trigger a flight or fight response mm -hmm. so now why does every hip-hop song have an 808 because it makes your heartbeat it makes you want to move it makes you feel yeah, like right. i need to go somewhere i need to do so that's like a big part of that just to add science to the the, the same thing of what he was just preaching on yeah that the thought space is real and you can create it or sometimes you're just accessing it right we, we talked about that before actually about specifically like why are there even even songs right with no lyrics they evoke certain emotions and it's sure. just sound yeah and i heard someone i forget who but they put it in a really cool way it was like they're talking about with soundtracks of movies that it fills in the emotional context so it's right. like you only have a glimpse of whatever a two-hour story and like you can't get all the back story emotion out of the character so right. it's like the music that's swelling at whatever scene is filling Immersing in all that, that emotional universe. context yeah, yeah. without any words or any like narrative explanation it's like that's sure. the that's the back part so like for sure that's absolutely real yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. until like and for multiple people in a room to tune into that i bet that's just like that's gonna be the best feeling yeah just yeah. to propel the song forward and so to bring this into an even more actualized present because this has just been the path that we were on you know i'm in that moment and i'm like this is the coolest shit ever like i mean you know, I've done a lot of cool shit, but being in that room, creating in that moment. Sorry, I had to throw lights on. You're all good, bro. God said, let there be light, and so there was. Uh, but no, being in that moment, I was like, this needs to happen. Because that's the thing, too. It's like, everybody's busy. And to, to, get your, to pull your walls down to create on that level is one thing. But then there's the getting there. There's the actual, like, physical meeting and, and coming together. So the human shit, the human like shit, the human yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that, this whole three dimensional space thing that yeah, was yeah. yet to work out. So, you know, I'm very excited to say that Danny, Teresa, and myself are transplanting to Austin, Texas, to start an independent music label. That's dope. next week. We're next out. week, yeah, that's we yeah, we're really catching the last yeah, No, yeah. I mean, and that's yeah, why we wanted to come in here because yeah. this is such yeah, this yeah. is such an exciting time for both of us because this is really the culmination of a tremendous amount of self-work self-work and you know a, a lot of creative output and a lot of keeping each other in check on a path to becoming better versions of ourselves and one of the other things that you know going back to this initial conversation that we had about creating something timeless that people can come to it was like you know i was out in la for the better part of a year you know i've been in philadelphia for a handful of years and I've seen the notion and the nature of the scenes. And in many ways, it's a lot of people trying to plug into the scene. It's a lot of people, you know, there's a sound to the, you know, there's, and, and, and there are two sides, you know, there are multiple sides to the sound in, in all cities. But for me, what I said, and what I've been telling people, they're like, why Austin? I say, because I'm going to be in Austin. Because Danny's going to be in Austin. Because Teresa's going to be in Austin. Because we're going to build something there. And I believe in what we are doing on a level that, you know, if you build it, they will come. I've been saying that to Danny, like since the, I built this, the studio when I was nineteen. Exactly. Yet. I've been saying, you know, it's I like fucking Field of Dreams yesterday, but dude, <laughs> really very synchronicity, yeah, not a coincidence. Doc Grant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, that movie is crazy. So good, so, so good. good. And then they played the they played the game there last or two weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, that looked awesome. They they did that so well. well Fox blows freaking ESPN out of the water. They dude. really do. The broadcast was done really well. They had Kevin Costner do all the introductions. Yeah, it was, and then the game ended up being. Spectacular. Spectacular. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but back to the point of, you know, 
I mean, even the, what I was talking about with the lyrics, when you put when you put it out into the universe that this reality is something that you're considering, uh, it's like, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, all right, be careful. Be very intentional with what you wish for and realize that in this moment, tr- let's try to make this ha- let's try to make this happen as much as possible. Yeah. Cause this is this is the bee's knees. This is groovy, man. This sure. is you know I'm you know I'm, I'm you know I felt like I was like this is what it's all about. This is what Jerry Garcia felt like when he was down the street from Janis Joplin and everybody in Jefferson Airplane in the Hyde Ashbury, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the '60s. Like this is they and that's the cool thing about you know the way I looked at it. It was like you know you look at all the elements of that era and what made that happen. It was like there was affordable housing for young people to come in, create have the space to create, collaborate, go out, experience the world together and rewrite the narrative, create the paradigm for the new generation. And, you know, I, I do things differently than a lot of other people and the people that I move with do things differently. And I think that there is a, there's a lot to be gleaned from knowing that there's a different way to do this, that there are people that are living life that aren't just doing what you hear in the mainstream you know and and because there are kids that are listening to all this stuff and they have this expectation that you get to this age to make it you got (laughs) to sell your soul to make it you got to go out you got to not respect women you've got all these things like and and because they hear it and even if it's not a not a conscious condition you know even if it's just a subconscious they get it through osmosis it's like why why would I ever try to build something that's not adding towards like what I want the world to be and what I'm trying to build towards? And so like to me, that was just even further affirmation to just like create that space, create a space where you know that within this that you can make something you can. There's something pure here. Yeah, there's something worth protecting. Right, right. And and to me, that's that's exactly what we what we move towards. So um, so, yeah, but that that session was a landmark moment in my life um for many reasons i mean it was you know it's it's listening back to that song there's a there's a positivity in the outlook expressed in in what came through making that song that uh i haven't connected with since uh since very younger days like i you know yeah and and to get to that point on i knew pretty immediately that that was going to be the last song on the album just because like that's how i wanted that feeling is how I wanted to leave people at the end of the album. Yeah, right. I wanted people to because that's the the journey of it, the journey of it, and moving from you know a much more hip hop driven exploration of my psyche and my struggle in the beginning parts of the album to starting to peel that away and get to some of the beauty behind that, and to end with much more of the melodic and this open, freer sounding, brighter sounding. Like to me that was one of the coolest things was realizing that I had something this beautiful and ethereal to build towards with the record. And so once this, once the track came about, it was, it just lit that fire under my ass even more to make sure that every track one through nine, you know, with Dan, with that, we just got everything up to, up to this level of like, you know, and in my head, my challenge was I want the song that at any given moment of the process that I was like, this isn't, I want people to like be coming to me and saying that's the one like so that was my challenge to myself and so that was really really cool because it's, it's interesting too when you create anything long form it's like some parts of it are going to come out more polished in the beginning part 
that's just how it goes. Yeah. Like there are some tracks on the album that went through five demos. There are others that didn't change much. <laughs> some after through, like, the first twenty, like a lot, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. a lot of yeah. iterations. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, it's really cool to be, you know, to return to the point of us not being married to anything in this process. To always be able to look at the greater whole of it and say like, does you know does this work? Can we change this? Is this fit? The theme of what we're trying to do. can we Transition tweak this song to song exactly shit, yeah. exactly and uh, it was just really cool to luxuriate in that to really take our time to make something of quality worth returning to because there was that much deliberation over the way that this rise was going to come through after the bridge or you know what like that and that's the cool thing too is. Danny's like Sherlock Holmes sometimes when I come to him with a concept because I'm like, yo, I wrote this to this type beat and like, and I come to him with like a pretty formulated concept that we then have to like sleuth through reverse and reverse engineer. engineer. Yeah. And so like sometimes the vibe of what's reverse engineered was like slightly different from the original intention. And Danny, it's one of my favorite things about him. He's his competitive nature with. And, and, and the fire that's lit under him when he sees that he can do something in a, in a more refined or in a more pure way. And it was like, you know, you know, no disrespect to whoever created whatever I originally wrote it to. But he's like, I can do this fucking better. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh. you should tell the story about duality. Oh, okay. I, think, I, was, sure. I, was, I was building to that. <laughs> I was just going to say. Joe's still here, by the way. Wanna, yeah. Do you want to play one that, like, that you guys can well, maybe you break, so, break, while we're break down? While yeah, we're, so we just, while we're yeah. on the topic, if you uh, if you want to play Not Goodbye, since we're or talking about... Monumental. I'm yeah. no, well, so the reason he said Monumental, that was the name of the session. The the, vi- the vibration in the room was that, you know, it was a, it was a bunch of, you know... No, you know, it was it was a giant create. It was it was big. There was a big energy. Just in felt the like room. a big moment. Right. Absolutely. My beat yeah. names also always stray from the final names because I'll be like, I'm a psychopath when I title my beats. <laughs> like there's times where I'm like hating what I'm making. A lot of the time it's ones we reopen later and we're like, that was the best shit ever. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Like in the moment, I'm like very OCD and manic. I've literally titled beats like I hate this, delete it later. LA. Yeah, like, like shit like that. Garbage like, ass beat. Garbage never ass trash, trash can ass garbage beat. Like yeah, that's yeah, literally yeah. a beat name. Like, Quick sidebar. Those are usually the ones I love. I'll yeah, come. I'll come and he'll I be hate. playing and he's like, I I made this at 2 a.m. last night. I hate it. I'm like, leave that running. I gotta yeah, write exactly. to that. It's oh funny how God. it works out. But. Yeah. Right. Did I remember thinking that with like I think I think it was HBO had like they followed J Cole around for the Four yeah. Sales Drive Tour and I remember there was one where he threw a beat together on the bus that ended up being sick. Yeah. He's like I got like hundreds on this computer that are trash. I'm yeah. like, I bet some of them aren't fucking trash and I don't want to hear them. Yeah. Like I, I, what are you hiding? You know. Leave, but I don't go. So funny. Yeah. This song was great. Yeah, this would end up being my favorite on it. And I think what you said about getting to the end and like with that switch really came across and I think it really worked yeah Yeah. and well the direction of where we're going to is this inspired like we want to double down kind of for some of his future stuff we've been doing a lot of this because this feels like a moment in time from the past to me it's like Mm -hmm. our you know but this feels like older it has soul it feels like it's from the 80s or something like that yeah yeah so to uh, create more stuff like this that channels on that timeless nature sure we've been for the next couple and like the other thing too is like I could wrap my ass off, but I'm also I've been singing my entire life too. And so like to be at a place where I feel like genuinely I wanna say like a singing's a very joyous thing for me. So it's like genuinely feeling happy enough to wanna sing on record in a way that like 
feels feels honest, feels authentic, and wanted yeah. to write to that. Yeah. Because like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of anguish that comes through in hip hop, and like, yeah. I take I take my what I write very seriously in a lot of ways, and so there's a there's a levity in exploring the the positive, the more positive aspects of of life and and sounds and and, and freeing myself up to that that this became you know one of the first bastions of creatively and you know the response has been tremendous and people saying exactly that like matt please sing more on record like yeah. you know and it's like i know that there are just as many people that are like really glad that i'm rapping my ass off a lot on record and there's a lot of you know stuff that you can get really get going to in the gym and like and i mean that's you know every yeah. bit of that was intentional because like that's you know that's how i approach i mean i'm approaching that mic when i'm about to spit a verse that i feel that way about like i'm at the starting line getting ready for a sprint yeah so right. like there's, but that's the cool thing about it is like that that energy that's imbued into it, like I really feel like it's coming through how I wanted it to be received, which to me is really reaffirming because it means that I'm very in touch with myself in a way that I listen back to some stuff on my first project and it, it felt it was authentic to a feeling at that time but it was also a facade in in in, in the way that it was grasping at something that wasn't fully addressing what was beneath yeah i understand that like i, I think sometimes like about looking at, i think whatever if there's like memories about a way you acted in the past that you get down on yourself for like something you thought years ago there's like certain ones we look back and like the intention was right, but you're just like you're misguided. Like yeah. you're just a little misguided. It's not you're not fully there yet, and like yeah. whatever that thought or opinion or whatever it is. So I would imagine that's even more in like music, especially with rapping. One hundred percent. There's yeah. a, there's a hook on my on my first project, uh, on the song called Grounded, where I literally the hook is this weight up on my shoulders keep me grounded, mm -hmm. and like I flipped it into like a kind of a trap thing, like buy a pound, break it down, pass the shit around me. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm talking about moving weight. Right. Right. But like. <laughs> In my heart of hearts, when I wrote it, it was about like, no, literally, bro, like you have weight that's keeping you grounded. You're meant to fly. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the record where I'm flying. Interesting. Like, yeah. this is a yeah, record cool. where I really said like, no, bro, like you don't have to carry that weight anymore. There are things that you can still carry. There are things that you can leave behind, but like figure out what that is. And so when I listen to, when I listen to this record, I feel a positivity about my own outlook and about where I'm at that ju I just wasn't at that space in, yeah. the in the first project. And like, it's really cool for, for me personally to have like this marker of my own spiritual growth in that way, because like it, it doesn't make that music that I made back then any less honest, but I'm able to look at it and say like, dude, look at what you learned in those two years about yourself. Look what you figured out. Right. Yeah. And like, if there are other people that are listening to that, like maybe you left the clues that other people can start to piece that together for themselves. Sure, sure. You know, and and see that that desire the to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Even the yeah, I, I went back and I listened to your older stuff too because I wanted to know for sure how different it was. And from an outside perspective, obviously when I was listening to it, not knowing you at all, I think that even comes across too. Like I think after you have explained it in the last half an hour, I can totally see like the honesty and authenticity of the new, this mass weapons, excuse me, weapons of mass construction of it being like f more freeing than, than the other stuff. Like yeah. it feels like that energy that you're talking about, like comes across more than it did in the, 
the previous one, especially then when you get to the end and, and you get to the singing. So from an outside perspective, someone who doesn't even know you that well, it definitely comes yeah, across for sure. And that, and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, it, it really, and to see the, to see people come out of the woodwork after this project came out and, and it, it means more to anything than me when people are sending me messages about, what the music is doing for them in a tangent because like I said that's my relationship with music so when you tell me you're going through something and you're listening to this song and it's doing something for you it's getting you through a tough day it's something that you're putting on in your car ride so that you can cheer up before you got to do this or that like man that's that's what it's about because I know my connection with that music for me so the fact that there are other like it's a trip it's a really a trip like one of my buddies the other day sent me a video of his kid in the backseat of his car singing the words to knock goodbye and just like jamming along to it. And I'm just like, I'm like, it just puts things into perspective, man. Like you, people get so caught up in the, you know, in the rat race and the comparison game of like where we're at with this. And the thing that I keep saying to Danny is like, we put this out into the universe to be there forever. Right. We took the time to make this thing so that people can come to it and it doesn't matter that they didn't come to it within a week of the release because yeah. I didn't make it to chart the, to to top the charts in that week. Don't no, get no, me no. don't It'll be timeless yeah, for sure. Yeah, and right. don't get me wrong. Like I would love to get to a place in my own artistry where like what we're doing is setting the trend, and I really do feel like we're building towards that. But at this juncture, like the thing that really really makes it all warm and fuzzy for me is like that the thing that i get out of it the thing that brings me peace some of that peace is able to be passed on to other people yeah if, if they're looking for that in there and that to me that's everything because the world needs the world needs more peace and love and kindness sure. and um and there's not a lot of places to look for it that aren't like you know looking for something in return if you will sure you know? no i understand that yeah i mean i think i think it's like it's kind of just the nature of things right now. It also, I mean, it depends, right, with all the algorithms that feed you whatever you really train it to feed For you. For sure. But, like, just there's negativity shoved in your face always. Yeah. Always. And it's, like, it's just, I think, I don't know if it's an effort as much anymore for people to reach out and find that. But I, I could see that, like, the fulfillment of creating something where people, I, like, when we first started this podcast... It was like, it, it just kind of happened. Like we recorded it the first one. And then I think the pandemic happened like the next week. Like it, we no, we down. started because we of started? the pandemic. Yeah. That's right. It, yeah. So like, it was like right around that time. And like, you know, we weren't, no, nobody was seeing their friends and shit. And then like one of our best friends, Kevin reached out and was just like, it was so great to just hear you guys talk and joke around again. Cause like, I haven't been able to do that with you for like whatever months or whatever it was. And it was like, it was just so great for that. And I was like, well, that's great. Two people could listen to this podcast. I don't care if I hear something like that, like that makes everything Absolutely. like worth it. Yeah. But I mean, okay. So I'm going to ask you a question deviating from all the positivity Please. stuff, which I think is very important. Yeah. Great. But you had rap dreams as a kid and you heard people snapping on tree. Like you ever get the itch to want to just show up and just be like, I'm the fucking man. And like, just go like that on a track. Does that ever happen? It's definitely-